Minds with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Welcome to the latest episode of the Robots Podcast. Today's episode is about two things, really. One is landmines, and the other is a robotics competition called the Humanitarian Robotics and Automation Technology Challenge. Sadly, according to the UN Mine Action Service, landmines kill 15 to 20,000 people every year, and most of those killed are children. And mines also maim countless more across 78 different countries. So clearing landmines is absolutely essential, but it's also very expensive. And for every 5,000 mines cleared, one person is killed and two are injured. So finding cheaper, but more importantly, safer ways to clear mines is vital. And robots can help with that. So Edson Prestes, professor at the Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul, has organized the Humanitarian Robotics and Automation Technology Challenge 2016 which challenges teams around the world to develop methods of controlling robots to detect landmines in large open environments. Our interviewer Audro spoke to Professor Prestes about the need for this competition, what will be expected of teams, and how it could help humanitarian efforts in the future. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Can you introduce Hi. yourself? Oh, of course. I'm Edson Prest from Federal University Rio Grande do Sul in Brazil. So I'm professor there in the, the theoretical department, mm-hmm. theoretical informatical department, in fact. And also, I'm a leader of a robotic research group called the FIV Robotic Research Group. Mm-hmm. And so you're competing in a challenge at ICRA. Can you tell me a bit, a bit about it? Yeah, yeah. Our, our challenge is called the uh, AGR ATC, or Humanitarian Robotics Automation Technology Challenge. This challenge is an activity of... Uh, IEEE RES site is mm-hmm. a special interest group. Automation. Yeah, yes. it is a special interest group in humanitarian technology. So the RES site promotes this challenge, mm-hmm. and this challenge itself is focused or has as a main theme autonomous landmine detection using mobile ground robots. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, this subject is very important because um, several people around the globe suffer the consequence of wars. So, for instance, uh, according to the United Nations, landmines kill 50,000, 20,000 people every year. So, So 15 to 20,000 people per year? Per year. Around the world? Yeah. So, that's a big problem. And mostly our children, some some of the landmines cause deaths, but others cause some injuries. So, some people lose their legs, arm, and so on. And a bigger problem... I'm sorry. So these landmines, how are they triggered? Or, uh, I just to get an idea of what the landmines are. So the landmine, oh. they are put in the ground. Yes. So the, the, the people uh, hit the, the landmine on the ground. So you step on it, and you then it senses it, yeah. a certain force, and then it detonates from there? Yeah. I see. So that's a big problem. In the, the minus force is not so cheap. For instance, uh, you can cost it can cost uh, three hundred uh, one thousand to to remove one mine. 
So our idea is, to, is uh, within this competition is to motivate uh, the robotics community to this problem and to encourage to develop um, in, in different solution for that. Where where are these landmines, and how many countries have this problem with landmines, uh, or what would you approximate? Uh, approximate, I think more than twenty countries. Mm-hmm. And 30. where where are these countries? Uh, countries in Europe and Africa also. Which regions of Europe and Africa? In north of Africa, I, I know that Egypt has some problem with that. Mm-hmm. Also, so I see. Okay, and so the problem with this, the, so this challenge, the goal is to detect something similar to landmines yeah. using mobile robots. Uh-huh. Yeah, in this case, uh, uh, how do, do this competition happen? First of all, uh, everyone in the world can participate of the challenge. That's a big difference in considering the other challenge. For instance, you can participate in coming to the conference, okay, and all can participate remotely. So it's not necessary to have a robot. So you have a common platform that is in the University of Coimbra in Portugal. So the teams submit the code to the robot and run the code in the robot. Hmm. So, But to reach in the finals in the conference, we have um, different steps. For instance, I will show a schedule for you having an idea what happened. That was the schedule... That you follow during this 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 competition. Yes. Uh, in the end of the last year, in 2015, we we make a call, an open call to everyone that wants to participate, and the team is interested around the globe submitting um, a small article showing their experience in not exactly in landmine clearance, but in, in topics related to robotics because they need to know a bit how to control the robot, how to detect the uh, processing signals, and so on. Mm-hmm. And after that, after, after the submission, the, the teams has some time to, to practice in the simulation phase. So they have around three months to put the code in the simulation, and the simulation has the, main, the same features of the robot, the real robots. So they need to implement an algorithm for control the robots. So the robot needs to explore now, unknown environments. Let's just talk about the robot for just a second. Okay. Uh, so it's a mobile robot, wheels. Yeah. And it, all of them, it's a common platform for all of the teams. Yes. So they all are equipped with the same sensors for detecting landmines. Yes. Uh-huh. What, what are they and what do they look like, I suppose, the robot and, equi- and its equipment with the sensor? How they look like? Yeah. So it's a small ground vehicle. Yeah. It's clear path for robotics. Mm-hmm. It's around uh, one meter per 40 40 centimeters. Yes. Okay, and this, the height is around... Maybe 30 centimeters. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of has like one of those... So And then it has the landmine detector, a metal detector? Yeah, metal detector. So you can see here mm-hmm. in that picture, in that video, you have the, the ground robot. In the extremity is a landmine detector. So it's holding a landmine detector yeah. or metal detector, metal detector out in front of a ground robot. Yeah. And so it's driving around, and I assume it has all sorts of 
things for wireless communication, so yes. you can interface with it. How and the other, other kinds of sensors. Does also. it use LiDAR, computer vision? Yes. Uh, do we have the option to choose what we're doing with either yes. of those? And in fact, uh, all the sensors are available for the teams mm-hmm. to use. Gotcha. And you get encodings from the wheels, yeah, so the they can do dead rec and odometry and these kind of yes. things. GPS also. GPS also? Yeah. Is it an accurate GPS? Yeah, in terms of um, three centimeters, three, four wow, centimeters. So yeah. it's one of those very nice yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, very expensive also. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the model of the GPS because this GPS, the, the robot yes. is in, in Portugal, so uh, part of the team that are organizing, mm-hmm. part in Brazil and other parts in the Portugal. So I they see. have more information about the specification. And so you have access to all of these different sensors. Yes. On the robot, and uh-huh. the goal is to make it drive around and detect the landmines. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you get to choose which of these sensors you use, one to all of them. Yeah. Uh, and so now we can proceed with the schedule, I suppose. So you get a period of time running, it's the same robot, and it's in simulation. Yeah, right? simulation, yes. Okay, and once you finish this three month period of simulation, how do we proceed before the competition? Yeah. So after that, you run. Our team, you run the code of each team. Mm-hmm. That supposedly should be the best code they produce. One last question about the robot. Okay. Uh, is it using ROS? Yes, ROS. ROS, Gazebo, RVs. Do you have an option to not use ROS? It's ClearPath, and they are consulting for ROS and very involved in it. Uh-huh. So you have to use their interface to control the robot and the robot interface uses ROS, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So, after that, you you evaluate the code considering put in the scenario, in a specific scenario that you, you prepare, mm-hmm. and the code are evaluated or the team are evaluated according to the number of uh, landmine detected, the number of landmine undetected, the time to cover a specific area, and the the percentile of the the field that was swept and so on. So you combine all this information to provide a score. And after that, the best ones, in general five or four teams, goes to the testing phase. So they that phase they have opportunity to test in the real robot. Mm-hmm. Now how do they how do they add difficulty to this challenge? Consider uh, the so real environment. The real environment? Oh, okay. But you're using a capable platform yeah. to navigate the environment. I'm wondering, are there obstacles in the way? Is it just an open field and you have simulated, or you have some sort of large metal object that spoofs the landmines? Or how? what is the format of this competition? Okay. I've seen that there are some obstacles from the video that is playing alongside of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, you go to the testing phase. In the testing phase, uh, you have some experience in the real environment. Mm-hmm. So it's an outdoor environment. It, uh, according to the edition, you add some more complexity mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the challenge. For instance, we, we are, now you are considering um, an environment with um, different, or it's not a rectangular uh, mm-hmm. region, as a rectangular region. We put some uh, metal in or fake mines mm-hmm. on the ground. Okay, this region also there is some degrees of difficulties. There is some sand, grass, and also some inclinations and obstacles also. 
-hmm. So in the first edition, there is no obstacles. There yes. are no obstacles. And the, the region was relatively flat. So what, what is the point of the fake landmines? And how would that be reflected in real life? Uh, in, in the landmine, it has some metal contact. So the idea is, is try to detect that metal contact that can be a landmine. Yes. Yeah. You said there are fake landmines? Yeah, now? fake landmines because so they will not explode. Yes. But uh, there is some components that uh, in the real situation would be similar. I see. Okay, then proceeding with the schedule. Okay. So then we enter the, the simulation phase, and after that you have the testing phase. And then we have this actual challenge, and this is yes. what we're in now. Yes. Uh -huh. And how is the challenge different than the testing phase? We consider a different environment. You put the robot in a different environment. You change the number of mines. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's different. And yeah, you, the difference. teams have been whittled down. Uh, so there are less teams now, only the ones that performed well in the testing phase, correct? Yeah. Uh -huh. I see. And so what does this competition look like? Uh, so the robots are driving around. Mm -hmm. uh, are they controlled by humans? No, no, autonomously. Totally autonomously? Totally autonomous. So uh, the robot is starting in the position outside the, the region that they should be swept and the robot should move it to that region and should uh, swap that region in order to, to find the location of landmines. That's the idea. So observe that you have different challenges there because the, the robot should move autonomously, should detect the presence of landmines, so it's necessary to have a, a classification or signing processing method mm -hmm. to extract this information should cover all the fields, so should control the arm is two degree of arm to swap. For the metal detector? Yeah, for the metal detector. Why, why is that? Why does that have degrees of freedom? Because instead of you rotate the robot, you could only rotate the arm. Yes. You could move the arm. Mm -hmm. It's easier. I see. So you can move it at a further distance yeah. from the robot, or perhaps you can lift it up or something if it's. Yeah, on you can do that. But uh, terrain, like a hill. Yeah. And then, so how long is this? How long does this go? This competition. How many hours do the robot, or how long do the robots have to in, perform the task of identifying a landmine in, in an environment? In an environment. Or in one of the regions. In the in, in the challenge itself, we we. Uh, allocated 50 minutes for each team. Mm -hmm. So only 50, the team has only 50 minutes to perform the task because the the time are very short here. You have only two days to yes. to find the... So the competitions at ECRA yeah. are only two days. Yeah, that's the, the big problem. And also sometimes you have some technical problems. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yes, they have uh, some problems with the GPS because the... The clear is not was not sky, uh, the sky was not clear, so we it was not possible to uh, to determine the location of the robot. Mm -hmm. Needed to determine the yes. the shape of the field that the robot should be should sweep. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, if a team wins this competition, what what happens next? What is the next thing? Uh, the next thing. Okay, they they have. A, a good code, but it's not the best code. 
So the idea is to provide as input to the next edition the code of the best team. So, um, so this is something that builds upon each yeah. year. So with, we expected in the six, seven years have a very good code. And this code will be available to everyone to use it. Yes. And so you're using ROS, so I assume it's Python or C++? Yeah, yeah. That uh, is being fact, used primarily? Uh, or it has its own operating system, so you can tie together different things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But the core is ROS. Now, do you find that to be a good idea to build upon the code from previous years? I imagine, so working in a research lab, that is, so when things are done quickly as they are for competitions or last-minute demos, Mm -hmm. the code is often put together in a way that is not... It's dirty. It's hard to interpret the second Ah, time and these kind of things. So I'm wondering, is it a... So if you're using someone's code from a previous competition and building upon it, could it actually stall progress because you have to fight with the code and it's opaque Uh, and there's all sorts of dependencies tied and all sorts of things or maybe they're using things you're not familiar with, methods or... They're exploiting the language in some way you don't know. Uh, I've, it's a very good point. Observe that uh, the, the, the teams receive the code. It's not necessarily they need to reuse that code. They can reuse the ideas behind that code. Like uh, what structures they use to, to detect the landmine or what structures they use to move the robots. See, so you take the best principle from the previous year, yeah. and you're given the code as well. Yeah. Uh, is it documented well? Um, uh, yes. Yes. Not so document, documented. You ask the teams to oh. put some comments on the codes. Mm-hmm. Or then document their higher-level decisions, high level. like write a, re- a small report with the code so that you no, can no, understand no. their decisions? At, at that moment, uh, no. At this moment, no? No, at that moment, no. Okay, so then when a team wins, their code is used the following year. What else does the team receive uh, if they win? Is it a prize to the research lab uh, in terms of cash? Is it, um, I don't know, what would it be? Uh, Certificates provided Mm -hmm. by the RES Mm -hmm. site, informing that uh, he's the the winner. we, we try to also to to provide some money f- grant, some money price. price. Mm-hmm. For the research lab to yeah. continue their research. Yeah. I see. Can you tell me a bit about the future of this competition? Uh, yes, uh, I can I can tell something about it. In fact, uh, what I think in the near, in the next year, we'll add more complexity and make uh, this competition more realistic. So we could uh, we think in in doing this competition in the in the environment as similar as the environment you found in the this country that suffered the landmine problems. So that that is an idea, and maybe in the twenty twenty years or ten years I don't know could use it in the real environment. But I'm not sure if that will be possible. Maybe, maybe. So imagine the situation where you can bring a local community, bring a research community, and the research community will try to build a solution for a specific community and put the robot in that environment. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. 
And that was our look behind the scenes of the Humanitarian Robotics and Automation Technology Challenge. As always, there's plenty more information on robohop.org and our next episode will air in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. Minds with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.